Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 what's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. Here we are. I love y'all. Hope y'all got some type of love for me back. I mean... Don't want you to necessarily love me back. You know what I'm saying? I know I got the sexy voice and everything, but you don't know me. Okay? But I do love y'all because y'all y'all are supporting me. Y'all, y'all are getting me through this first hundred spins after 500 spins. Like, we're halfway there. I'm like, damn, it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a week or two. And we're about to conquer this first hundred. Spent, I hit 500 just a week or two ago, and we're already at approximately about 550. We're about to get to that first hundred. I mean, I mean, I got to keep creating. Well, actually, I don't even have to create, create, keep creating content. I could literally just kind of. I'm not trying to. But I could stop now. I mean, there's about 200 episodes out there, approximately 11,000. Uh, minutes of content created. I mean, that's a lot of content right there. I think pretty much after that, I mean, I think I could really, but hey, we're just going to keep going considering what the hell else. All right. So it's December 8th uh, where I'm living uh, in California. No, no, in California, it's December 8th too. All right. Uh, it's approximately three, uh, right now, three. 3.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm up because I've been working on this Forex shit. And uh, I'm working on the different sessions. So I'm um, just getting up. And I only got a couple dollars in the market. But what I'm doing is I'm getting to know the market. Because um, you got you to gotta, you gotta get a feel. Like, you know, it's kind of like chemistry with a beautiful lady or, or a handsome man, whatever. Uh, but you know, you got to get that chemistry, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not the best with women. I think that can go, you know, without saying, but, um, you know, it's like the first couple dates you may have choked on your water. Uh, you may have laughed and, you know, something came out your nose. Um, you know, just, you know, just jitters. Or like in the playoffs, you know, playoff season come around, you know, playoff season hit different. That's like, 
That's like going from de- demo trading, from simulated trading to live trading. You, you got your strategies that you've been working on in the demo account. You've been doing great. You got it going. Now, playoffs are here, baby. And it's one and done. All right? It's win or go home. Or I guess if you're in the NBA, it's um, you just got to beat the ratio, whatever. You just It's seven games. You got the first of four wins. All right, here we go. We're talking about strap up. You know what I'm saying? If you need to put an extra pair of socks on, you know what I'm saying? Because you know you, you, I don't know, maybe your toenails start peeling and you start bleeding and one pair of socks ain't going to do it. it. It's time now. It's time that little ankle injury that's been b- tweaking you, bothering you. Look, we, we about to do some Jason Tatum shit. What I mean by that, did y'all see him last playoffs? Was Man, in the finals, I mean, look, no offense, man. I mean, the guy's amazing. The guy's amazing. But I don't care, man. If you got one leg, hey, check him out. Like, I mean, if you really seriously think that a one leg Tatum is better than whoever his backup was, man, I would just quit if I was the backup. I'm like, dude, the guy's literally on one leg. And he was on one leg from, like, the first quarter. I mean, yeah, it was like. I can't remember what game it was. It was probably game seven, too. It was the craziest shit I was watching. I was like, yo, no offense. Why am I sitting here watching a, uh, a, a one-leg basketball player running up and down this court? Like, what are we watching here? If I was a coach, man, I'd be like, yo, Tatum, look, I know we're paying you this money. You know what I'm saying? And I know everything. But, dude, listen, the, the, the chip is on the line, all right? And... You're on one leg. Uh, like, come on. I got to get you out. You know, it's like, no coach put me in the game. It's like, dude, you see what happened to RG3? Did you see? Okay. And not even just about the chip. I'm worried about your life, man. You're 20-something years old. No need for you to be walking around barely at 39. Your, 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 your parents can walk better than you can. You know? It's like, it's the, it's the love of the game. It's like, man, you need to love yourself. Okay, so... Let's just go ahead and keep moving forward. But, yes, yeah, so I'm getting up. I'm checking out the London session. I went ahead, put in a hedged position because I'm not, I'm not ready yet. And the hedged position was basically put in at the same time. Now, this type of hedge positions don't work the same. Okay? It's like, it's different. It's not like you're putting a hedge for a stock or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, um... So even if you put, a, a, let's say you put in a long call and a long put, same strike price, you're still, you still got room because a break even for a call is strike plus premium and break even for a put is strike minus premium. So you still have that, that three, $500, whatever window that is, you know, is that's there. But with Forex, um, if you put them in at the same time, essentially as much as you go up, your hedge position is going to go down. So if you're up $12 on the other position, you're going to be down $12. Essentially, you just locked in a $0 P&L, profit and loss. So you kind of have to like let the thing move a little bit or figure something out. I'm figuring it all out, but I put the position in uh, around the same time. Or actually, see, I've been messing around with it. So... I think I locked in a $2 loss, uh, which is approximately 20 pips for me. Let me see where I'm at right now. 
Uh, right now on my hedge position, I'm up approximately eight pips. Uh, but I'm doing nano nano lots, which is a penny. Uh, the pip is a pip. Shit, see, damn, damn, I forgot. I'm going to have to go over all this. Shit, shit, shit. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be good. Chan Man trying to explain Forex, and he just started two weeks ago. The only reason why I think I'm getting this is a couple reasons. I think God is helping me out 100, you know, six men, or, you know, Six man award. I mean, well, God, number one man, or no, not man, but God award. Okay. Um, desperation. I don't have time to fuck around like a lot of other people do. Um, I don't have the money. I have, you know, a few thousand to last me. I mean, just had an interview. I, you know, I'm probably just going to send them an email and say, like, man, fuck, it would have been a great opportunity, man. And not anything like I need this. You like, <laughs> you know, like, man, that's some bullshit. But whatever. And then um, experience from previous uh, trading stocks, bonds, ETFs, option trading that I'm able to pick up on what's going on. And essentially, I'm able to kind of wipe a, a little bit away of whatever it is that you want to trade. At the end of the day, if a trade is a trade, what I like to call it is a win-win situation. It's the difference between a businessman and a hustler. Because a lot of times we go around and we'll say, man, that man's a hustler. And we get it, which basically means that guy's a hard worker, that woman's a hard worker, and they keep grinding, grind, grind, grind. Uh, but in my head, I kind of like, you know what? I really don't like that. I like, I like, I like business people. I like entrepreneurs. Because entrepreneurs and business people are problem solvers. They're essentially like a, a doctor of economics. You know, they see a problem. Why are the prices of pharmaceuticals so damn high? And they figure out a way that we can get the prices lower. You know, so this is a win-win situation. This is a win situation for me because I'm going to be profitable in this. This is a win situation for you because we're going to get the prices of pharmaceuticals down. It could be a win situation for something else as well. All right. So that's why I like. I like business people, entrepreneurs, hustlers. In my personal opinion, it's a win lose situation. I think we get that, you know, um, win situation for me, lose situation for you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, just um, I forgot where I was going, where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, um yeah, just trying to get up. I was looking at the UK market. Uh, I was trading on the G GBP USD. Uh, I locked in essentially a $2 loss because uh, I did the long position. It went down $2. I hedged it. Uh, so I essentially just locked in a $2 loss. Right now, it's dropping dramatically. So what I'm going to go ahead and do real quick is get in here because I'm talking you know I'm, I'm looking at this chart while I'm talking so I want to get in here and I guess I'm gonna do a reverse hedge where essentially I'm kind of going to go ahead let me see and and please uh you know I'm not even gonna say anymore because I'm just gonna put the disclosure at the beginning um hmm I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna do uh because this is dropping because obviously the oh I'm sorry I got this thing going on in the background 
This is uh, CNBC uh, Europe. Here, I'll let y'all hear what they're talking about real quick. Today, uh, let's push on to the sectors and what we've got at the uh, sector level evenly split now. So, uh, to the downside, basic resources about a third of a percent down, uh, fairly significant taming of spending going on at Anglo America. American, that's not uh, been a positive for the stock today. Media down about a quarter of a percent. Insurance stocks also same vein. Real estate, all right. So, they're basically saying basic resources underperform in early Europe trade. All right, so you know that kind of explains. Why I am looking at this chart and why um, and why it's doing what it's doing. So another thing I'm learning is so what I've been doing. Uh, real quick, real quick. Um, shout out to the new, the new businessmen. Shout out to the new uh, entrepreneurs. Shout out to the new investors. Um, me myself, you know, uh, you know. Shout out to me as well, taking on something new. Uh, so proud of myself, proud of, you know, if you're taking on new challenges and new times, man, big ups to you. It's, for me, it's challenging. And then next thing you know, we're going to get through it. Uh, one thing is like even being able to take away the whatever it is. If you want to trade, you want to trade. You want to buy low, you want to sell high. You want to sell high, you want to buy low. That's all it is. It doesn't matter what you, situation you put me in. Essentially, if you put me in a business office, you can put me in logistics. You can put me in uh, compliance, trading, whatever. Okay? Because at the end of the day, what are we doing? There's a market out there. Somebody's trying to sell something. So somebody, they bought it lower. They're trying to sell it higher. Or they sold it higher and they're trying to buy it lower. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, are there other aspects? You don't want to treat this. You don't want to treat the goose how you're going to treat the gander, you know. So you, you may want to switch things up. Like, for example, I've been looking at this Forex, and it's totally different than anything else I've ever traded. You know, but, I mean, at the end of the day, what is it? Buy low, sell high. You know what I'm saying? Or sell high, buy low. But I'm getting into this because I need to wake up 3 a.m. in the morning to check the London session so that I can really know what's going on. And then I got to get myself in the psyche of what is it that people are doing? What is it? Why am I in 4X? Why am I getting 4X? You know, so in approaching this account, there's like, for example, uh, uh, you know, don't quote me on this. Uh, you know, I'm going to stop saying that because I got the disclosure at the beginning. Now I'm going to put that at the beginning of every episode. I may even go back and put it at the beginning of every one of those episodes, which is going to take time. Um, but a few things I think about is, you know, I'm not sure if I'm using this term correctly, but I hear people talk about scaling up. And I think about a few different approaches when I scale up. I think about um, I think about taking like scalping, like uh, and I don't think I like that term at all because, uh, you know, my family is uh, now, you know, part Native American and uh, it just doesn't sound right. Uh, but it's a term people use, but essentially scalping, where you take the short incremental gains, short-term trades. We're not even talking one day. You know, we're not talking swing trades that may be, you know, one day to a month or something. You're waiting for these big swings. We're talking about you're just taking these incremental gains, boom, 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 and now you're you're getting your account to start scaling up. I also think about. Um, your your 
your position. If you're willing to say, hey, I, I, I either make 3% or I lose 3% and I'm out of the market and that's it for the rest of the day. Okay, cool. Now, let's just say you're starting to make 3% regularly, right? 3%, 3%, 3%. You may want to say, okay, I'm going to start scaling this up. Now I'm going to start working on a 4% gain, 2% loss um, uh, kind of threshold. You know what I'm saying? Hedge or whatever. You know, I say, oh, okay, cool. You know, we're starting to move that up. Hopefully one day. And it's not like we can ever. There's, I would always put in at least a 1% loss. You know, at least. There's always had, it's never going to be, well, now I'm just going to move up to uh, six zero. Eh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The, the new guy who is going to be the superstar. Um, or the new woman. Um, there's another way I think about scaling, which is, okay, so we got, um, scalping, uh, taking your threshold 3% up, 3% down and moving it to 4% up, 2% down or something like that. Um, and then there's also in my mind, I think about the, let's say you're risking 1% of your portfolio and recently you've been taking that 1%. So you, um, have an account that has ten thousand dollars in it, but you're not putting the whole ten thousand in the market. You're only putting like what's one uh, percent of ten thousand, like a hundred dollars, or uh, let me see, what's uh, let me get my calculator. Uh, what it is? How? Uh, what's up? And I get in my cup. Brush it down. I'm gonna pick it up. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a hundred dollars. So you take $100 um, and you're putting it in the market, right? 1% of your portfolio. And you're turning that $100 into $200, right? You figured out a way to take 1% of your portfolio and you you turn that 1% into 2%, right? That 1%. You you turn it into 100%, okay? I would say there's a way to scale that by... All right. Yes, it's or if you don't call it more risk, okay? It's like let's take more risk, okay? So you've been doing one percent and you've been turning that one percent into two percent consistently, hundred percent returns, okay? Do it again, do it again. Now this time, let's take a little bit more leverage, okay? Let's take a little bit more risk, and let's go ahead and start doing two percent. And now we're taking two hundred dollars, and we're turning that into um, 100%. Now, this isn't going to work all the time, of course. And then, of course, if you start taking on more risk, you would not possibly use the same strategy. You would use the same strategy for a while. But then when there's more risk involved, now you're risking, you know, 50% of the portfolio. You're probably going to take a little bit different approach. You're probably going to start having a diversified portfolio. Not saying that that's the answer. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you should do that, but there's going to be a different approach. As much as we would like to say in our gut, well, if you've been doing this for so long, stick to your strategy and everything. There's an emotional aspect to investing. And you just at the end of the day, as much as we can say, oh, d- diversification is for pussy or whatever you want to say. At the end of the day, in our hearts, I think law is written. You know, and then it's also written in a book. But there's something in us that says, man, I should probably just diversify this. I really, 
I really do enjoy fucking my wife or going to bed or whatever it is. And you can't do that shit when you don't have any hedges in. You're just sitting there butt naked and you're just putting in all these long positions or all these short positions. And it worked for you before. And now you're stressed out because there's $5,000 in the market that's just out there butt naked. And you can't sleep. And you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning watching your trades. It's like, no, man, that's not... That's not what you want to do, man. It was like, I got 50% in the portfolio. Okay, okay. Here, okay, also, I would say we're newer investors. And I'm not saying I'm the beast, okay? But the emotional aspect has to sort of kind of, you just kind of got to control your emotions. The way to control your emotions, in my personal opinion, is product knowledge, know what you're trading. Right, I got my hedge position in right now, and not saying that's a lot of money, but that's how it's about. It's about percentages, okay? That's other things, you know. Not so much dollar amount. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got product knowledge. Know what you're trading. Know why you're trading it. Know why other people are trading it. Know what's going on. And then risk. If don't risk anything that you can't lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if you're if you're getting stressed out or emotional, you're probably risking too much. You need to take some of that out of the market. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you're out. You're out of... So I think about it like this hypothetical situation. We're in the office, right? We're in the office. We're trading. Your desk is next to mine, uh, trading for some, some big firm somewhere uh, in India or overseas somewhere. We're having a great time. Right. And new guy or girl walks in. Right. Hey, what's up, new guy? What's up, new girl? Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm a I'm a, a fan of the Dallas Cowboys and blah, 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 blah. Oh, boo, fuck you. And blah, 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 blah. Right. And everybody, we go to our desk. We go to our desk and we start trading. And you're clicking away. All right, all right. Let's check the market, the Nifty 50 or the Kaka or whatever it is, NASDAQ. And Next thing you know, you start hearing this person in the background screaming, fuck, fuck, shit. And you're just like, whoa, what is going on back there? Is that the new person? And everybody's like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that is. You know, <laughs> next thing you know, you're like, yo, yo. You know, it's like, let's say it's lunchtime and everybody's kind of, you know, conjugating. It's like, yo, did you hear that? It's like, yo, I think that was the new guy. Now, the new girl. Like, oh, shit. Man, they must be doing something serious back there. You know what I'm saying? New person walking around. Ah, I just made $12,000 today. It's like, oh, whoa. Whoa, new guy. And, and when you throw stuff like that, I made $12,000. It's like, to be honest, you're not saying shit. To be honest. Like, it's like, okay. You know, but, but I mean, so how much did you risk? I mean, did you risk, you know, a million dollars to make 12000 Did you risk 12000 to make 12000 you know, so you say, okay. So then you, you say, well, I only risked 36000 Oh, okay. So you risked 36 How much is the portfolio? Portfolio is 100K. Okay. So you risk one-third, all right, of your portfolio. Okay. And then you made 12000 So you turned 36000 So 36000 you made yourself, what's that, 33%. Okay, cool, cool. Well, you risk 33% to make 33%. I guess that's... It's fairly decent. That's pretty good. That's really good, actually. I mean, that's fantastic. If I got those numbers correct, I'm not sure. I just did that off the top of my head. But now you're saying something. 
Now you're really saying something, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you know, next thing you know, you're talking to your buddies. You're like, yo, either this person's going to be the next Wolf of Wall Street, or this person's going to, you know, it's gonna, you start taking bets on when they're going to quit. You can't, no offense, you can't have like, I don't want to make fun of mental illness or anything, but like a bipolar approach to trading, where you pat yourself on the back, where you, when you have great days, green days. And you, you damn near almost, you know, one foot out the, the window uh, on red days. You know what I'm saying? And with that, eventually, I think about it like this. Like, I wasn't really like a coach, but I was like a team parent. And I was flipping out on days when, you know, my little ones would have great games and flipping out on days when, I mean, you know, congratulating them, McDonald's. Chocolate McFlurry, you know, you know what I'm saying? And one thing, it hit me one day. I was like, yo, I'm going to give my kids mental illness. I'm going to give them bipolar. Because whenever they have a rough game, they're going to be depressed. They're going to be low. Oh, man. Dad is going to talk to me the whole way home. This is going to suck. I'm not even going to get a McFlurry today, you know. And then on days that it's in the, you know, they're having a good game, they're like, yay, I'm going to get, my dad's going to love me. And, and so then out of that, that was probably my first year after that, I was like, you know what, I got to get, I got to get even killed a little bit for the sake of my child. It's not that I'm even killed inside. And inside, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Because also you can hear, man, I've heard, man, I've heard some parents, man, I, I hate to say, it, man, I almost had a, a Martin Lawrence moment, man, where I wanted to knock the shit out of this old lady. Man, this old lady sitting next to me. She's sitting there talking about my children. Oh, why he so slow? Oh, why he can't he dribble the ball? Oh, why can't he blah, 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 blah. Man, I was about to, man. I, man, this old lady was getting on my nerves, but I was just sitting there. I was just like, yo, come on, come on, come on. And, you know, and so, but I had to get even killed for the sake of my children so that no matter what happened on that field or court or whatever when they get off that court or that field they're in the best mood of their life they don't even know what happened that they had the worst game of their life or that um they had the best game of their life it doesn't even matter to them all they want to do they're tired during the game and then after the game they want to run around for another hour with their friends and it's like yo where did that energy come from uh, during the game you're like oh, i'm so tired uh. and then after the game you're running around for an hour I mean, I'm talking about full sprints. Like, can you transition that energy to during the game? You know, but it's all good. You know, so that's what I would say more so with trading is that you don't want to have this bipolar effect. You want to go ahead and take a look at the market, analyze your trades. What happened? Why in the world? Like, what did I miss? You know what I'm saying? When I put in that trade and immediately it lost 20%. Immediately, it lost 500%. Whatever it is. What did I do? And you take a look at it. And you say, okay, I think I have an idea. I didn't incorporate um, this. I didn't think about this. I didn't think about that. Okay. All right, next time. And trust me, this is why I think 4X people are happier. Because you get another opportunity. And in stock, in U.S. equity markets, you don't. You don't get another opportunity to the next trading day, next trading session. I mean, okay, Forex, you get the next trading session, 
right? You get like three sessions in one day. U.S. equities, you get one. You get one. You get this one session. You fuck up. You got to sit around from 4 p.m. till 9.30 a.m. the next day. And you're sitting around. You're ready. And when you get to your desk at 9.30 a.m. for U.S. equities, you're nervous. That first trade, you're nervous. But you know what's going to happen that first trade? It's going to work. It's going to go green. And you're going to start... And you say, okay, here we go. And you just don't get too excited and you do well. And next thing you know, you make yourself a nice 20% on your investment. You know what I'm saying? You lock in the you lock in the gains. You say, okay, I'm gonna either put my you know my trailing stops or my stop or my uh my limit orders in or how whatever it is, my hedge position and lock in these gains, whatever it is you decide to do, and you're you're feeling good. You say, okay, great. Now, my personal opinion. You could go ahead and do the, I'm out for the rest of the day. I'm done. I did what I was supposed to do. I said I was going to make, uh, you know, 1% of my portfolio, 3% of my portfolio. I reached my threshold. I'm out. Okay, great. Great. Or we could get our emotions in check. Okay. You're doing great. You're on a roll. We can start, you know, doing little things like this, this scaling. Okay. Well, you did your 3% today. What? Let's try to go for 3.1% today. Okay? Let's not stress it out. You already got the 3%. There's no need to lose this. Okay? You're good on the day. But you did that in 5 minutes, 20 minutes. You still have a whole trading session to go. There's no need to risk. So let's say, for example, in Forex. So let's say you were trading standard lots with 100,000 units. Move it down to a mini lot. Start trading a, a what's a mini lot? I don't know, um, a thousand, right? You don't even don't even jump down to the micro ten thousand. Forget that. Skip over that. Go to the and go ahead. Start taking in those little gains you can get or those little losses. Keep going for one to two reasons. The experience you could you can only get good at uh, football or basketball or anything by touching the ball. The more touches you get on that ball, the more opportunities you're going to have to learn something new or make yourself a little bit better. So even if you don't even want to do it in the live portfolio, pick up the demo portfolio or pick up the simulated, whatever you call it, um, and keep trading on the simulated. Also, research, due diligence. If you're trading Forex, I mean, you really got to kind of know what's going on in the world. I don't know shit about Forex. I just started messing around with it a couple weeks ago. Uh, like, for real, for real. But, I mean, so I, in my concept with Forex, and I, I don't have no script. I'll just be bad one. Uh, but, uh, so, I'm trying to get into the mind of why anybody would invest in Forex. It moves way too volatile. It's crazy. It's, as I said before, it's penny stocks with liquidity and volatility. It's insane. It's madness. So, why would I put my money in Forex? One, of course, I'm a retail investor. And when I say retail investor, my definition is kind of somebody who has $250,000 or less in in the market. They may have assets somewhere else. But in the market here, right here, they have approximately $250,000 and less. This individual has, you know... um, probably growth on their mind they want to get this account 
from 250000 to 500000 in the quickest way possible with the least amount of risk, which actually makes no fucking sense, but we're going to do it because you said it, and I need to make a commission. Um, so, um, that's more so what I would call your retail investor. That's the person who's going to go in there, and they're going to try to flip this chicken, and they're going to try to make two chickens out of one. All right? Uh, and hopefully they have somebody there to help them out. Speak to your financial advisor, to a financial professional before you start going crazy. But then also, let's talk about the person, not the institutions. The institutions, I don't even try to think on their level. Uh, they just, they're on a whole nother level. But let's just say somebody who has, I don't know, a little bit more than 250000 Not necessarily, but let's even say you have the mentality of somebody who has more than 250000 Or you do have uh, 250000 and you're going into this Forex market for actual investment purposes, not to go in there and try to trade your ass off, wake up at 3 in the morning, trade, wake up at 11, whatever, p.m., trade, you know what I'm saying, trying to make as much as you can, trying to scale your portfolio up. So I'm thinking there, and I'm like, why would I trade in Forex? I didn't even look at it. Like, we should just Google this. Like, why should I invest in Forex? So, but as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, this is for people who are trying to hedge their investments. Let me see. Um, let me see real quick. Why should I invest in Forex? According to IG, foreign exchange is the marketplace for trading all the world's currencies and is the largest financial market in the world. There are many benefits of trading Forex, which include convenient market hours, high liquidity, and the ability to trade on margin. Okay. Why is Forex a good investment? According to The Motley Fool, by purchasing a Forex leveraged fund, investors no, can take no. twice the risk that they would be allowed to take if they used margin oh. to purchase a plain vanilla okay. ETF. Remember, Regulation T applies to leverage on brokerage accounts, not funds. It's really pretty brilliant. Okay. So, um, that's another thing about Forex. I noticed there's a lot of leverage. That is some scary shit. I mean, you can make a $5,000 trade with a $100. That's insane. That's madness. Nobody should have that much leverage. But let's just keep going. Why is Forex a good investment? No, 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 not... According to IG. No. Okay, see, all, all I'm getting information on is people talking about tech analysis and you can trade all day and everything. That's, that's bullshit. That's the bullshit. Okay, that's what I call perversion in the market. And that's what they keep pushing on people. And they got idiots, no offense, people, geniuses too. Geniuses. Walking around, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm trading. Made $5,000 in the market. Oh yeah, I'm doing it. I'm getting it done. You know what I'm saying? It's like, shut the fuck up, okay? All right? They're pushing this technical analysis bullshit, which is, no, technical analysis is amazing. Don't get it wrong. I'm sorry. Pushing this technical trend analysis. You trade all day, every day. That's the shit they want to push, in my personal opinion, so that motherfuckers fail all the time. This, they make the platform so damn user-friendly. Oh, I could put my stop loss here. I'm going to take profit here and everything. And people are playing fucking games with their fucking lives. So, all right. Other than that, 
Why am I investing in Forex as a person? Let's just say I have you know, a business, I have a nine to five, I have my stocks, my bonds, my ETFs, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing pretty well, I'm good. And now I'm sitting here saying, you know what? I realize I'm not as diversified as I would like to be. I have a small business in America. Most of my stocks are domestic. Most of my bonds, the U.S. Treasuries, my ETFs. I could get a probably a U.S. bearish fund, but most of the part, my ETFs are domestic, long, and these are all long positions. Is there any way that I can kind of like, you know, diversify my portfolio without another stock or anything like that? No more stocks right now. And it's like, well, hey, they have the currency exchange. And it's like, okay, the currency exchange. Explain this to me. Well, you have a lot of domestic investments. Maybe we could invest in the Japanese yen or something, uh, more so against the U.S. dollar. And it's like, okay, that could balance me out a little bit. Now, how long are we going to hold? We can hold it for a year, whatever. The Americas, they have a lot of inflation, interest rates issues. Right now, they're about to do a stimmy of like a trillion dollars. That's going to dilute the dollar. So over the next six months or three, six months, we should be okay. And also we can, you know, hedge our positions and we can do different things to kind of mitigate our losses. You say, okay, cool. Go ahead. Let's move forward with it. Right? So we put, you know, $50,000 into uh, a Forex account with some crazy leverage. So really now somehow it's $2 million. I don't, I don't know how that works. But I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know if it'd be two million. But there's a lot of crazy leverage in forex, um, and I make this trade with the intentions of holding it for the next three to six months. Okay, so we got that individual in the market. All right. Then we got a bunch of retail investors who are making TikToks and YouTube Shorts. Don't I don't hate on them because I'm I'm a couple months away from being them myself. Okay, I'm doing it right now. I'm creating this conversation with us right now. So I'm not making fun of them, but, you know, they're, they're trying to scale up in their portfolios. They're trying to make money with the YouTube shorts. They're trying to do a bunch of things. Um, those are the people who are jumping all over the place. Okay. And then you have the big, the big institutions who are, I don't know, over everyone. You know, the, 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 I don't know, the Wizard of Oz. They're just... They got all the statistics, the analytics. They got the best of the best mathematicians working for them. They're doing fantastic. Uh, so we got to figure out how we're going to trade in between, one, this individual who's holding this, no matter what, they're just chilling. They got all their small business and nine to five and, you know, they're married. So they have another income coming in. Uh, they're good. Then the institutions who have the statistics and the analytics and the probability analysis that they can use against us. And then we have the retail investor, who, no offense, it's just out there free balling it. Just, you know, they're trying to make 10,000 here, lose 10,000 there, you know what I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. So, how are we gonna go in here and now swim with the sharks, the guppies, and the, I don't know, mud salamander? So, we just gotta find our way in there. Um, Again, I'd be forgetting where I'm going with these things. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're basically getting into it with that. Uh, let me go ahead and um, just basically... Here, I'll play around with it uh, while I got y'all right here. Um, let me see. So, 
I got a short position. It's um, it was up approximately eight pips. Now it's uh, up approximately four pips. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna probably cut this in half because before it. Well, let's go ahead and chart it real quick. I'm not gonna go crazy because we're cool. I got the hedge position in. Uh, there's no need to uh, go crazy. Um, so if I do some charting. Uh, we did a little bit of fundamental analysis. If you think about it, give me one second. We did a little bit of fundamental analysis because um, I looked at uh, CNBC Europe for about five minutes. Now I should know everything that's going on in the uh, in Europe's economy. Um, let's go ahead and take a look real quick. CNBC uh, Europe again. Let's just see what they're talking about. 1.3%. This is a week of lots of positive results out of the airlines industry. TUI, uh, who we spoke to earlier in the week, very positive results, strong profit margins, the outlook looking good as well. So we have seen somewhat of a turnaround in travel and leisure over the course of the last couple of days. Retail up today, 1%. Zalando, one of the names that's performing quite well this morning. And then on the flip side, real estate down about two cents and utilities down about eight basis points as well. But a lot of focus on U.S. markets today, Juliana. There certainly is, Jumana. We've got the non-farm payrolls report, of course, coming out this afternoon. We're going to detail what to expect in just a moment. But here's a picture for you of U.S. futures at this early hour. The Dow looking to add about 50 points. The S&P and the Nasdaq looking to open flat as investors wait for this report. But, of course, this does follow a strong session for risk assets yesterday with the S&P bouncing back after three sessions in the red. The Dow Jones also snapping a three-day losing streak. Okay. Here, one second. And also talk about those moves and what drove the tech sector higher a little bit later in the program. Now, on to the non-farm payrolls report. The U.S. economy is expected to have added 190,000 jobs in November, according to Dow Jones estimates. That's up from 150,000 in October. The unemployment rate is set to remain steady, while average hourly earnings forecast to have picked up month on month. The stronger employment reading could undermine investor confidence that the Fed is adjusting its rate path. Uh, George Lagaria strength. Okay, so, all right. So we got some information. We got the U.S. equities basically sitting still, if not looking a little bit bearish. Uh, we got 190,000 jobs that were added into the U.S. economy. Uh, it looks like wages were up over month on, uh, month, on month or something like that. Uh, and also... Um, the unemployment rate was, uh, um, they said, pretty steady around, I believe it was around 4%. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know exactly. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know if that means. I got to look that up. But uh, I'll look it up later. Um, and they said the, way, the wages were up. So that's a lot of what they would consider good news, right? But when you come from the economic standpoint, what does that mean for the U.S. dollar? We got more jobs. Unemployment rate is the same. I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, I guess it's great, though. We got a bunch of new jobs out there. Fantastic. But the unemployment rate is still the same. That means nobody's getting those new jobs. Um, and then the wages are up. So nobody's getting the new jobs because the unemployment rate is still the same. And the wages are up. So the people who are at their jobs got a little bump on their pay, you know, so, um, what does that mean for the USD? Uh, and I'm just going to throw out some speculation. I'm not saying this is true or not, but it's very possible that that just, that just means that, um, 
uh, those people who got the wage increases uh, would be paying more in taxes and everything. And the people who aren't working, uh, I was listening to the Wall Street Trapper talk about this stuff. Um, hmm, let me see if I can find them real quick. Um, I'll, we'll Google a couple things real quick. Uh, one, I'm gonna look up, uh, gosh, man, this, this search engine thing gets on my nerves. Um, what does the unemployment rate mean? According to International Monetary Fund, the unemployment rate is the percentage of the labor force that is looking for a job. The labor force is only a portion of the total population. The ratio of the labor force to the working age population is called the labor force participation rate. Okay, so out of the amount of people looking for a job, I mean, out of the total amount of the population, 4% of people are looking for a job. Let me see, goodness gracious. Uh, so it's around 3%. I mean, uh, it was around 4%. So there's like 300 million people in the United States. Let me see. Times that by 4%. Approximately 12 million people uh, are looking for work. Are there they're the labor uh, force participants? Is that is that that can't be real? I don't know. I don't think I got those numbers correct. Um, and then uh, let me look up um, Wall Street. Trapaholic. Let's get it. I'm gonna go to those shorts, YouTube shorts, and let's see anything that came out recently. Recently uploaded. Uh, let's see if this is it. On ignorance. And then what happens is. You let the ignorance paralyze you to walk away from a game that print billions of dollars every day and you know it's making money and then you should be like, well, I'm gonna just do this. No, you know that ain't what you wanna do. Come get in the game. Come play the game. Come get attached to somebody, even if it ain't me. Okay. I have the free. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Wall Street Trapper on unemployment. Um. Give me just one second. But watch this. Unemployment rate rose by 3.8%. Now watch this, y'all. Believe it or not, a rising unemployment rate is actually good for the economy. It's an oxymoron, all right? It doesn't make sense, but it's the truth. According to the Fed, the more people without a job means the less money in circulation. The less money in circulation means inflation can level up. So the more people we have laid off, the less people will spend money. The less people that spend money, the more money they can take out of the economy. The more money out the economy, the more inflation can come down. Okay, so let me take a look at that real quick. Since, since we're here talking about it, um... Does unemployment help the U.S. economy? According to IZA World of Labor, unemployment benefit programs play an essential role in the economy by protecting workers' incomes after layoffs, improving their long-run labor market productivity, and stimulating the economy during recessions. Does a rising unemployment make the... Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, 
Does rising unemployment help the U.S. dollar? Okay, let me see. All right, let me see. I'm going to investigate it. What happens when inflation and unemployment are positively correlated? Oh, this is a different question. This is not what I was asking. But let's just take a look at it real quick. This is by Greg Desperio. Uh, this is from August 22nd, 2020, uh, reviewed by Toby Walters. Uh, inflation is a term used to describe the drop of a uh, currency's purchasing power over time. I like that. The purchase, purchasing power. Uh, as such, one unit of currency buys less than it did inflationary pressures i mean than it did before inflationary pressures hit the u.s i mean hit the economy i'm sorry i'm reading this all wrong unemployment is a situation that economists refer to when the number of jobs i'm sorry of jobless people who are willing to work exceeds the supply of jobs in the workforce okay 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 all right so what's the relation between the two economic metrics economic theory suggests that the rate of inflation rises as unemployment rates fall Suggests that the rate of inflation rises as unemployment falls. Okay, so the Wall Street Trapper was saying something else. He's saying that as the Fed, the more people without a job means the less money in circulation. Okay, so I'm sorry, the investor is saying the rate of inflation rises as unemployment rates fall. Okay, so more people are getting jobs, inflation rises. Okay, so that's essentially what the Wall Street Trapper is also saying. All right, this has been formalized according to what is known as the Phillips Curve. Okay, okay, I like that. Let's go ahead and take a look at that Phillips Curve. I want to uh, I want to put that in my Google and just uh, kind of analyze that a little bit. Just another thing to put in the arsenal. Um, right, the Phillips Curve explained. All right, I'm going to go back. All right, according to the Phillips curve, lower unemployment means people spend more, leading to pressures on prices. Lower unemployment. Okay, the relationship has been broken down over time, which is especially obvious during the period of stagflation in the 1970s when both inflation and unemployment rose. The positive correlation between inflation and unemployment may be economically beneficial as long as both levels are low, which was the case in the 1990s. Okay, great. Okay, great. So. I guess we kind of got an idea of, like, you know, how it can work with the unemployment rate. So, it's, it looks like they said unemployment is going to be pretty much the same. Um, there are more jobs out there, but unemployment's the same. So, the amount of people who are looking for jobs are still looking for jobs. Um, and uh, wages did go up. So, the individuals who do have jobs, wages went up. So, essentially... The government is going to be sucking their money up because they're going to be spending money, but everybody as a whole won't be. So it's going to bring inflation down and those few individuals. I mean, think about it. Didn't something pass with Biden basically saying that if you make over $250,000 and you got an 800 credit score and you ain't doing shit with it, essentially we're going to credit or we're going to debit or something your ass. You're going to pay us some money. You know what I'm saying? So you can get them that way. Get the money out. We're pulling it out. We're not going to hire no motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking for a job now, you're going to be looking for a job probably for the next three months, six months, whatever, because nobody's hiring. So they can suck more money out. And that way, with pulling all this money out of the circulation, you got to remember, they threw like a trillion dollars in. So uh, I guess as they've been saying on CNBC, we're going from a time from QE to QT. 
So right now we're probably in that quantitative tightening, tightening period where it's going to be tight. I mean, think about it. If you ever lived with, you know, mom or dad or both parents and mom and dad are doing something different. Mom got a brand new job, but it has her traveling around the world all the damn time and she's spending money uh, on her expenses. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little tightening on the house. We may not be able to put little Timmy in baseball this year or uh, little Susan and dance or in gymnastics. Sorry if that was sexy. I'm sorry. I'm not, but I'm just saying there may be some type of tightening. Uh, we got to pull money out of shit, right? Um, we may have to cut back on certain uh, things like going to restaurants or miscellaneous expenses. Uh, this is a time of tightening, right? We're struggling right now. Um, uh, compared to quantitative easing, when we're throwing money into the market so that, you know, we can take things to a different level, but you have to keep everything balanced because you don't want to create, I guess some people say like a bubble or something. Um, so yeah, so we got the unemployment numbers. So it's very possible that the U S dollar may not change much. So as we're looking at, uh, the British pound, um, uh, cause that's what I'm playing around with right now compared to the U S dollar. I mean, it looks like they were even talking about the British, uh, I mean, the uh, economy over there in Britain is kind of struggling. So what does that mean for Pedro Sanchez has just managed to win this, this mandate a, a bit by surprise? So from what my perspective is, is this may not be the best trade to be in considering they're both struggling. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, and, and the British pound of the dollar is almost one to one. It was like, it's like one uh British pound is like $1.08. The USD is like $1. So essentially, this is probably going to go flat for a little while. I mean, they're both low. Not low, but, you know, just taking a look at the news, of, it's really nothing much going on. Um, it's not like the British pound is going to do anything to be a lot stronger than um, the USD. And the USD is going to overtake the um, whatever. So... Um, just how how am I going to play this? Um, I kind of want to check how am I going to play this. I think what I'm going to do is go to my long position and kind of just, uh, let me see. I'm just going to do a little charting real quick. Um, go to the 15 minute, the 30 minute. Um, okay, I'm just doing a little charting, looking at some support levels, some resistant levels. Uh, currently right now, the... Uh, uh, British pound to the USD. Uh, the unit is, or I don't know, the bid price is uh, one dollar and twenty-five. Uh, it's one point two five six five five. Um, does appear to be dropping, so I do have that short in. Uh, it did not reach the last low. Okay, so um, for. For a minute there, it looked like it was having lower lows or the same low. Uh, and then this last low didn't go as low as the last low. So it's a higher low. Uh, the highs have been higher highs, except that last high was low. Um, hmm. So it's a lower high and a higher low. So I would say this is going to be flat probably for just a little bit. It's probably going to just kind of, I guess, what you would consider, I don't know if that's the right term, but range. It's kind of just going to stay within this range, probably somewhere between 
125,982 and 125,535. I'm looking at a chart right now, so I know you're probably going to not be able to... Um, it's 1.25973 or whatever, and then it's 1.2554, and that looks like the range that's probably going to be staying within for a little while. Uh, one is not going to substantially take over the other for a little while. So, in playing it like this, uh, essentially playing with that range, uh, it looks to be hitting that above support level. So, it had that higher low. Uh, and I'm looking at the 30-minute chart uh, over the last 10 days. I'm going to go to 5 days, 15 minutes. Um and on on the fifteen minute, it's actually a lower low, and the hot the highs keep hitting that resistance level. The resistance level is at one point two five nine seven nine. So in this case, with it having a lower low, um, and of course I know uh, we got to do the trend uh, here. Let me get my drawing tool up. Uh, where's my um, trend line uh, right here? So if I had to draw the trend line. Um, I would say that it's having a, tr a downward trend. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it has that trend going on right there. Uh, okay, yeah, it looks more like a, a downward trend. Let me go ahead and... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're kind of just going through this with me. Uh, so what I'm going to say real quick is I'm going to go ahead and probably close out this short. And um, uh, probably lower... My so right now I have approximately about six hundred shares uh, on the short. Um, I'm gonna just take a partial on both. Now I'm gonna go ahead and probably get ready to close out this short because for me it looks like it's staying within that range and right now it's hitting that support level. Um, let me look at the one minute. Um, yeah, it looks like this is about to be a real neutral. So I'm gonna try to figure out how I'm gonna get out of this position. I've I've done okay. I've done uh, you know. Taking the uh, gains and where it took them, and um, I haven't taken really any losses yet. I took a loss yesterday, but that, I, I was seriously just playing around. Like I was just like goofing off. I'm not even kidding. I, I, I just put a couple dollars like in the market. It was like I don't know. It was just a couple dollars, and um, I was just playing around. Um, okay, all right. Um, gonna get ready to. Uh, probably put in a take profit or a, uh, a stop loss on the short. Um, I'll put a trend stop on it. Like I'm up nine pips. Um, I can't even put a trailing stop in because if I put five pips, that's going to be damn near everything. Uh, so I'll put a take profit in uh, probably around like 1.25528 or something like that. That looks like to be the low. Um Mm, what is five pips for me? Five pips is one cent. So five times zero one uh, times six because I have six uh, nano lots. So that's going to be 30 cents. So right now, um, here, I'll just put in a trailing stop at uh, five pips. Um, let me see. It won't even let me put in like two pips. Let me see. Trailing stop two pips. Yeah, it, I got to do more than that. All right, cool. So I'll do trailing stop at five pips so essentially if it keeps going 
What? Five pip is not. What's the? Man, this should be blowing me. Like I thought, five pips was the minimum. Now I'm saying that five pips is not the minimum. Did it? Did it end up going in? Yeah, it went in. Okay. All right, great. So I put a trailing stop in. Um, five pips. Um. And just let that ride. And uh, so right now it just went up to 10 pips. So um, essentially I just locked in um, uh, five pips uh, gain. Um, and I'm just going to let that keep following it. Uh, if I need to, then I'll just close the position. If I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and close it. Um, and then I'm going to go to my long position. My long position, I have approximately about seven uh, uh, nano lots. Um, um, this thing is just getting, it's starting to get a little crushed. It's down approximately about 40 pips. Uh, maybe time to go ahead and get ready to, uh, take a, a small, I'm going to go ahead and do a small portion of that. Let's go ahead and do 30% of that. So 700, um, times 30%. Hey, real quick. I got, I'm gonna go ahead and take a quick break. I'm gonna be right back. This is Chairman House of Barf. Introducing the listener support program, feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners at the House of Barf, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly, I have uh, you know a children's book coming out. Maybe able to offer that. Uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research, and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful inter... Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, 
may in the future may possibly interview someone uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us, in shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com. Then you can get to House of Barf. Um, Also, it is on Spotify. And um, support this podcast and become a supporter. And choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences. Every contribution, no matter how small or how big, makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being an essential part of our journey. With your support, we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you, our incredible listeners. God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast and become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c287gph at gmail.com. Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. I'm about to just go ahead and really wrap this up. I was working on um, just this last thing. I was uh, going to go ahead and get rid of approximately 200 shares uh, at a loss of approximately 40 pips. So 200 times um, one penny times um, what, 40? I'm not sure. Is that 87 cents? I'm not sure. Let me see. Um, 200 times one penny times two I'm not sure I'm not getting this correct um I'm sorry I'm 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 working I'm going to get rid of 200 units is it just by a penny do I just got to do it by a penny so it's going to be what two dollars I'm going to take a two dollar hit um I mean with the hedge position in it may not even really be that necessary to take that hit right now um, I'm going to go ahead and ride on the trailing stop on the short position. I'm not sure if I'm going to go ahead and lower my short, I mean, my long position. I think I'm going to just go ahead and leave it. Um, I don't think there's any necessary need to take a loss on it right now. Uh, uh, let me see when I got into the long position, uh, got into the long position and this is a, again, Great Britain pound against the USD. Uh, I got in around 1.2602. So um, let me see where resistance line is at. The the last few resistance line has been around uh, 1.2598. So it doesn't even look like it's really going to hit my resistance level. Um, Especially with the news that we have right now. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's really, I think it's right now. Just go ahead and ride. Uh, 
ride this um this hedge down as much as we can and then um figure out a way to uh get out of that long position all right so uh and then i can uh actually go around and look up other opportunities um you know i don't know what's going on with the euro versus uh, the japanese yen or um uh what's this again the nzd i i forget uh ah goodness nzd give me just one second nzd uh currency is uh the, 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 the new zealand dollar how could i forget uh so just a few things there uh may i may take a look at some other currencies cuz I mean, the Britain, the British pound uh, doesn't look like it's going to have a great day-to-day. Uh, the euro, I don't know if it's going to have a great day-to-day. Uh, USD, I'm not sure if it's going to have a great day-to-day. But maybe other opportunities somewhere else, maybe with uh, the Japanese yen or the Canadian dollar or something, just New Zealand. Um, what is CHF again? Uh, that's another one I'd take a look at, CHF uh, currency. Uh, the uh, Swiss franc. So there may be some other opportunities available in those other places um, just to kind of, you know, uh, see. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get ready to roll. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Um, it's, it's all going to be fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for all the support that, uh, you know, everyone's been showing me. I appreciate it. Uh, God bless. Thank you. Uh, I'm Chairman, and this is House of Barf. Blah! I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mingston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mingston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mingston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set 
savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mingston's Cool Amazing Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mingston's Cool Amazing Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors. It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mingston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mingston's Cool Maid Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mingston's Cool Maid Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mangston's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.